0: Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you today? Hey, listen, uh, today is a very special day. It's a different day, no question about it, but we're so glad. All of those of you who are joining us online on facebook live or whether you're seeing us later on on our website life1sa.com or on youtube wherever you're finding us today man thank you so much for gathering with us uh, as the family of god you know church is not about buildings it's about the people of god who gather under a banner the banner is the name of jesus and so we're so glad that all of you guys are here we have some of our team here today let me hear you guys where you at team yeah Thank you guys for being here. It's really um, an unusual day, but I'm so, so excited to be gathering uh, however you are. If you're in homes, if you're with your family, if you've got a watch party going on right now, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, You know, this is a a strange time for all of us and uh, in our country, Uh, certainly not something I've ever experienced in my lifetime, and and I'm 48-ish Uh, so, um, but i'm 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 reminded uh, I woke up in the middle of the night just kind of thinking about today and And I was reminded of a scripture that I haven't thought about in a long time. It's it's from the psalm uh, 37 Uh, david uh, They think it's david who's writing this when he's an older man. He says I was young And now i'm old and yet I have never Seen the righteous forsaken or their children out begging bread and wow wow what? What a word from the Lord for all of us who are concerned, who have anxiety or fear. David says, listen, I've lived a long time, I've seen a lot of things go down, but I have t- I'll tell you one thing I've never seen is the righteous forsaken or their children out begging for bread. And so, man, I just want to be comforted with those words today. The series is chapter and verse. But before I go there, before I go there, listen... On Friday, when we uh, felt like we had to make this decision to take all of our services online, um, I knew that we were going to have to pray. We were going to pray together. And so we talked about it amongst our team, about praying on tonight on Sunday night. And, uh, and then we had no idea that the president would call a national day of prayer, uh, which I'm so grateful that he did. Um, so we're going to gather in this room tonight from 5 to 7. It's just an open call for prayer. You can come and go. It's not like we're going to pray from 5 all the way to 7. Um, none of us are probably that awesome at prayer just yet. Um, but we're just going to have folks who, who want to come and just want to receive hope and help and grace and just want to be in God's house. They can come and sit. Um, it's not going to be formal. It's just going to be a gathering for folks as they want to come and go, uh, even if it's just for a few moments. And, and we'll actually have prayer partners here as well. And we're going to keep the... Uh, hand sanitizing stations close by so that if we pray with you we're going to wash our hands for your sake for the next person's sake we're going to be conscientious and have good hygiene come on can i get an amen on some good hygiene uh we're going to do all of that but if somebody wants to be prayed for if they just want to come in you don't have to be prayed for you just want to sit around and and be in the god's house we'll have some music playing and i just think it's what we should be doing at this point in in the game so the series is chapter and verse and what we're doing in this series is we're taking portions of, ch- of chapters of our favorite chapters uh, ...our favorite verses, and we're studying from them. If you have your Bibles, we're studying today from James chapter 5. Turn there with me if you have a Bible, uh, if you're looking on your phone, wherever. Just go get that real quick. This is James, who is the little brother uh, of Jesus. And, and, I, and it's an amazing thing for me, the timing of God. We, we pick these series out months in advance. We decide what we're going to do. And the big theme of today's chapter uh, and verse is prayer. Um, James chapter 5 verse 13 through 18. In, in these verses, in every single one of these verses that we're going to study today, he mentions prayer on every time. James was historically known as a pastor who prayed. And here, here's what Eusebius, he's a, a historian, says of Pastor James. He says, his knees grew hard like a camel's because of his constant worship of God kneeling and asking for forgiveness for his people so this is how pastor james spent a lot of his time somebody's sick i need to pray for them somebody is happy because they got a job they got a promotion they got a raise they got engaged they had a baby i'm going to be happy with them and i'm going to also pray for them and he understood the power of prayer not only for himself but also for the people that he was charged with pastoring and he calls his people to prayer and that's what i'm going to do today as well and i find this passage so comforting particularly in this crazy uh season that we're in as as a nation so let's look to the text james chapter 5 verse 13. he starts out by asking a series of questions and here's what he says in verse 13 is anyone among you in trouble And the the response is, let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. We'll go into the rest of the text in a little while. But what I love about all these questions... Is the answer to them all Anybody suffering, anybody in trouble Anybody happy, anybody sick In every case, his response is to bring the good And the bad to Jesus And to God's people In in, in prayer or in praise There's an invitation that is understood here To either bring a prayer or to bring a praise to God And and regardless of what's going on uh, in, In your life, the invitation is To come to Christ to commune with Him, to know God in the good and in the bad, there, there's an invitation to relationship, a, a, an experiential relationship, not not just something uh, in, intellectual, not just knowing something about God, but to, to 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 be invited into a personal relationship to bring the good and the bad to Him and all of it. And I think if you see prayer and praise that way the way that James is framing them it changes things that prayer is not uh, it's not just a duty it's not just an obligation there there's a gift implied there's joy there there's there's power there's a real gift from God to his people to communicate with their heavenly father "Are, are you suffering he says Go to God. Are you, are you happy? Sing praises about him. Like, are you sick? Gather with others, particularly the elders, and go to him in prayer. Regardless of what's going on, get in here, he's saying. And honestly, I don't know that I always do that. And I wonder if, if, if you guys do. You have this appeal from God to think like this. No matter what's happening we bring it to God. So that prayer isn't your last resort, but prayer becomes your first response. And praise isn't relegated to being in a building, a physical building, or in a large crowd. It happens wherever and however you lift Jesus up. So, so back to the text. Is anybody in trouble? And the word trouble here is generally translated as suffering. Anybody who's hearing this, James, is writing this letter, anybody who's reading this, are you in some kind of trouble? Are you are you suffering uh, in some kind of way, emotionally or physically or financially or spiritually or or relationally? It's a it's a difficult season for you. It's a dark season. Are you suffering? And James says the best thing that you can do is to pray. And and I think it's true that often when we're in trouble, instead of praying, come on somebody, we we whine a little bit, right? We we get on Facebook and tell everybody how bad we're feeling. We we panic we stress eat it's like this last week i'll just grab a, a little a box of little debbies and pound that for like an hour in a row come on somebody anybody feeling with some little debbies like i feel like when we get into heaven's gates right there, there's gonna be boxes it, crystal boxes maybe even i don't know gold plated boxes of of oatmeal cream pies come on jesus beat take the wheel swiss cake rolls savior lord help us right now right and, and, and none of this is really helpful And james says listen if you're suffering or if you're in trouble or if you're stressed out or if you're afraid or whatever Take it to god. Let them pray. He says C- Can we just be honest right now as a nation? We're in a little bit of trouble And, and really it goes beyond our borders. It's 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 as a as a, as a world we're in trouble that there's real people suffering right now in all of those categories that we just mentioned financially relationally physically and instead of wringing our hands and instead of panicking and instead of emptying the shelves of every grocery store come on in america what if we just did what god said in second chronicles seven fourteen? if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves It starts right there. Will humble themselves and pray. And seek my face. And turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. That's number one. And I will forgive their sins. That's number two. And I will heal their land. Listen. I love sports, right? I'm a Cowboys fan, unfortunately. Right now, I'm a Spurs fan, unfortunately. I'm a Longhorns fan, unfortunately. I'm a Rangers fan, unfortunately. And and I love sports, man. And I love going out to eat. And I love going to the mall. And I love to go shopping. And I like to check out a movie every now and then. So I'm not beating against any of those things. I'm not pounding that drum. But I find it kind of surreal, that all of the things in our country that have reached almost idolatry levels have been stripped away in a moment <laughs> and i'm sure they'll all come back but maybe maybe god is using this space this moment to tell all of us during this season hey 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 turn your faces towards me maybe Maybe humble yourselves a little bit and surrender a, bit, a little bit and pray and seek my face and turn from all the things that have distracted you from me. And when you do, when you do, I will hear from heaven and I will heal your land. Is anybody suffering? Anybody in trouble? Anybody afraid? James says, let them pray. And I think this applies to fear as well. Is anybody in trouble, he says. There's a lot of trouble going on right now around us that could cause our hearts to fear or to be anxious. A lot of panic going on. A lot of chaos going on. And God has not called us To fear, but to pray. Come on, everybody. Let's not panic and let fear and chaos and, and, and blind, like blind assumptions rule the day. Let's not let those kinds of contagions get on us because 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, this famous text, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound or a clear mind. Listen, when you pray. Things happen. It's not just a ritual, right? When when you pray in Jesus' name, fear bows and chains break and healing happens. And when you pray, power comes and love reigns and clarity of mind comes. Listen, if you're afraid right now, the first thing you ought to do is pray. Because he says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you, right? Second question, is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Like, I love the invitation to sing songs. Like, listen, we start every gathering around here at LifePoint with songs of praise and, and hymns of worship because our, 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 our number one job is to honor God and to, to give God glory. But, but God has a way, God has a way that as we send up glory and we send up praise and we send up thanksgiving, which is our reasonable expectation, But God is so good because worship has the power not only to bless God, but to sway our emotions right? Some, some of us don't start out happy at all. We get here, it's the early service and we're grumpy and we're still bitter a little bit about having to wake up so early. Come on, somebody right now. Be honest in the house. But man, when you're down and, and when you're low and when you're in trouble, you start singing songs of praise and something, I don't even know how it works, but something starts to shift inside of you because praise, and I've said it this way a lot of times, is, is like rocket fuel for, for the soul, man. Some of us right now, Because of all that's happening around us, our souls are frankly a little bit beat up, but there's nothing like praise to cause it to rise from the ashes into into a, into worship, and somewhere in the process of prayer and praise and and worship, man, maybe not in one song or in one, even in one day, but in the process of all that, you start to realize I'm I'm not wearing a spirit of heaviness anymore, and the soul is lifted, and and the weight has shifted, and now it's like I can breathe for the first time because your soul and your mind were made for by God, and they were made for God and. You so your soul is most happy and most at peace when it's thinking about God, and when the way that we're living is bringing glory to God, and when you're singing an anthem to God, your soul starts to lift, and you start to realize, man, I'm I'm feeling better. The spirit is lifting, and we don't praise God for, for what it does for us. We praise God because he's worthy and because he's good. But because he's a good father, when we send the praise up, man, he sends glory down and peace down and blessings down and joy down. That's just the kind of God he is. So he says, sing songs of praise. The third question that James asks is, is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. I want to spend just a few moments here for a bit. Are, are you sick? And he's talking here about physical pain, physical uh, suffering. It, it could be a chronic condition. It could be an injury. It could be a disease. Whatever the case is, if you're sick or you know somebody who is, James is saying, hey, don't forget about Jesus. right? D- don't forget about prayer. See, see when, when Jesus was on the earth, what would happen is sick people would go to Jesus because he might heal them. And and even if the sick person couldn't physically get to Jesus, oftentimes there were stories where, where friends or family would carry the sick person to Jesus to heal them. And now that Jesus is in heaven, sometimes we get sick and we forget that Jesus still heals people. Come on, somebody, right? He's still alive, that he's still ruling and reigning. He still hears and answers prayer and he still heals people. And so James says, hey, call the elders and, and have them pray over you in the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus, that there's real power in the name of Jesus, the authority of the name of Jesus. Amen. And you need to know this at a life point. We, we absolutely, like, it's fundamental to us. We believe that Jesus still heals people. And there are people in this church who would say, they would tell your story that Jesus has, has healed them physically, medically. And, and I'm one of those people. I have personally been miraculously healed in my heart because our God is a healer. And I just want to remind you that this is the God who laid the floors of the oceans, and He is He knows you, and He is for you. The one who scattered the 100 the billion or so stars over all of these millions or billions of galaxies, depending on what science... Scientist, you follow. The one who says that, 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 that the length of our galaxy is more than 30 million light years. He did, he did all that just with a, with a word, with a spoken word. He's for you. N- not will be, or not might be, or not was, but right now is for you there is no waiting period there is no pro, uh, probationary period listen there is no small print to wait through right now god is for you and god hears you and god is available to you and his availability to you when you pray to him is not based on whether you've been good or you've been bad he's not a santa claus deity checking his list twice come on somebody and frowning that what you about what you did last week no this god is for you and right now he wants to overwhelm you with good things the Bible says and, he, and, and it says in the scriptures that his favor lasts a lifetime and you're not going to go to him for healing and you're not going to go to him in prayer if you don't know this about him and you don't believe this about him and, and you know surrounding this idea of there still being miracles of healing in, in our day there are there are extremes on the one hand there's There are groups of people we used to call back in the day the name-it-and-claim-it crowd. Come on, y'all remember those folks, right? The idea being that if you claim something in faith, then you automatically get it. And if you don't get it, it's something wrong with you or your faith, which then led to a lot of condemnation and guilt surrounding those types of people. In my opinion, it's an error, just my opinion the other area error is that god doesn't heal anymore that he used to be the great physician but he closed up shop he took out down a shingle right but ask yourself has god done any miracles in the last 2000 years yeah, of course he has. Then, then, then he hasn't closed up shop, right? And he decides who he heals, and he can heal. He does heal. He's healed in the past. He heals in the present, and he'll heal in the future. The Bible says that Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And our church has pastors and prayer partners, and part of the great privilege that we have as a church is to fulfill James' command to, to pray for the sick. And at any service, you can ask for a service pastor to pray over you if you're sick or you need prayer. We'll do this for you. Today, obviously, we're not all here, but we're going to gather tonight from 5 to 7. And man, if that's you, somebody will be happy to pray for you, even anoint you with oil. In the end here, what James is describing in these first few verses is a community and, and I think this is so huge that is locked into one another, pursuing Jesus together, that in moments of suffering and sickness and happiness and joy, we pull together, we walk together, we commune with God together, we pray together. It's not every man for himself. We help each other. We serve each other. Together, we make it through the tough times. And he says that the elders should pray for us by anointing us with oil in the name of the Lord. And that would have been olive oil, which, which tastes really good, by the way, um, which, which may have had a medicinal co- uh, element to it, some, some type of homeopathic quality. But, but what this isn't saying is never go to the doctor and just get prayed for. This is saying, hey, pray and take your medicine. Come on, somebody. Amen. You, use common sense. Uh, wash your hands. Come on, somebody. Oh, anyway, that's not what it says, but I just wanted to throw that out there anyways, just as a Like, like there, there may have been a medicinal quality that they were going for with the oil and all of the essential oil folks can say a good Amen, right? But 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 there's also a very spiritual component to anointing with oil The oil has always been symbolic of the holy spirit the oil is, is a symbol of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. It was also, oil was always used to consecrate or set apart people or certain things as sacred unto the Lord. So what happens when when the prayer partners or the elders are praying for you, they're saying, in the name of Jesus, I'm inviting the power of the Holy Spirit to medically heal this person. We're asking God in this very special situation to consecrate or pay special attention to this person's situation. And that becomes a powerful prayer, and that's what James is saying here. Verse 15, and he says, And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up, and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. You know what's interesting to me about this verse, as I was studying around this verse again this week, is how often scholars and other people will try to soften this verse up or try to sort of dumb it down to give God an out if he doesn't make the sick person well. But, but I think it's a disservice to what James intends. I think he means here what he says. Like, I don't think it's like, hey, maybe this will work or maybe it won't. I think he means what he says. And so how do you know if the prayer of faith is being offered? How do you know if you're praying in faith? The, the pray, here's how you know if somebody has a faith that prayer can heal. They pray for healing. That's it. It's not, it's not may the force be with you, right? Come on. It's they pray for healing and they believe it fundamentally that our God can heal I know that sounds simple I have faith that one of uh, of these chairs that you're sitting out there in right now can hold me upright so what do you do when you come in you sit on them without thinking about it right because you trust that this is what it's supposed to do it's designed to do what it's supposed to do if you believe that prayer can heal that God can heal through prayer you'll use it you'll just pray right Listen, it's not, a really, it's not even really about who prays for us. It's about the God who hears and responds to the prayer. And the prayer of faith can be offered up by anyone who has faith, right? And, and what is faith? It's the simple belief and it's the corresponding trust. Number one, that God is who he says he is. And that God can do what he says he can do. Listen, it's not may the force be with you, deal. Listen, it is it is. God is who he says he is and that he can do what it is that he says he can do. And, and it's safe to say that if we want our prayers to be powerful, we have to believe that God can answer our biggest prayers. And, and like if you never ask big things from God, it probably means that you don't believe that he is able or or maybe probably more likely that he doesn't maybe care about what's going on in your life, what's going on with your stuff. So to have power in prayer, we must have faith and believe that God is able and that God is good. And James says, this is the kind of prayer that is powerful and effective. The, the issue is, though, why doesn't God heal every time? And the answer for me, I don't know. You're welcome. Go home in peace now. Right? There's all these reasons why Jesus wasn't able to do miracles in certain places. But here's the thing. One thing I believe, however, is that our God is fundamentally good. And my response to whether I understand everything that, that he does is, 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 or whether I don't understand it, is that God always does the right thing, and I don't always get to understand why, but I will somehow on the other side of this deal in heaven, that his ways are not our ways, the Bible says, that his thoughts are not our thoughts, that he is other, he is other than us in ways that are literally incomprehensible, and and you have to have some kind of comfort level in your faith journey with not always knowing why to be able to walk out this kind of faith. I serve a God who is so big And it was so amazing, who who knows more than I could ever begin to, 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 to scratch the surface of, and I have become content to simply put my faith and my trust in him. But the bottom line is, I'm never going to stop believing that God heals. And I'm never going to stop praying for healing for people who come and ask me to. And I'm never going to stop believing that God can heal me and my family and those that I love around me. Again, let let me say this, that James puts the responsibility for prayer, as he does in the first few verses, on the one who needs prayer. There's a responsibility that you and I have when we're sick. And what is that? We're supposed to call for the elders call other people and invite them to pray over us and sometimes suffering people frankly become selfish people and they think well i'm a victim and and nobody loves me and and nobody cares about me at my church and this is a horrible church and james would say hey you need to get up and go make an effort and get plugged into your local church and invite other people into your story Whoa oh, that was harsh i'm sorry i'm sorry that was harsh you, you you we we invite other people into our sickness into our struggle and our trouble And we invite them to pray with us and we invite them to pray over us and maybe that that looks like coming down to the front at the end of a service and having one of the service pastors pray over you. There's real power there, the Bible says. Now, it seems as he goes on that he's changing subjects in this next verse, but he's really just extending healing beyond the physical realm into the spiritual realm. And here's what he says in verse 16. Therefore, in light of what you've heard, confess your sins to each other so that you may be healed the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective now this is an amazing passage we're seeing here that he says in verse 15 that god forgives us of our sins that's what he says so you go to god for the forgiveness of your sins and john says john says in another place that when we sin we have an advocate with the father who is faithful, and who is just to forgive us. But James is saying something totally different now. You you confess to God your sins for forgiveness from Him, but you confess your worst ways, your sins, to another person so that you can find healing. Look at this, look at this. That that God is concerned not just with, with spiritual forgiveness, but God is concerned with us getting Freedom from our hurts and our habits and our hang-ups, the baggage that we've been carrying around fr- from the past that, 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 that we come to him and ask him to save us to forgive us, and he saves us, but he doesn't erase our past in light of, in terms of our own memory. He forgets the, the sins that we've committed. He throws them as far as the east is from the West, the Bible says. He pays for the penalty of our sins, but the pain and the drain of our pasts still often lingers and affects us. We still have our pasts to deal with and James says you take that and you confess it. You find someone who is trustworthy, who has wisdom, who has a track record and you bring it to them. And there's freedom there he says from our brokenness by talking about our stuff with other people and that's part of how the healing occurs. But the issue for me and the issue for some of you is that oftentimes we're in denial about our stuff, aren't we? Come on, somebody. Like, I can handle it, Danny. I'm going to get through this on my own. And I want to just say, bro, are you serious right now? Because you've been trying to conquer the same issue since you were a teenager and you still haven't gotten through it after all these years. But you keep saying to yourself, I don't need to talk to anybody about this. I got this, man. Come on, somebody. That's just foolish. Some of us have to come out of denial about our anger issue. Like, I'm meddling a little bit here, but some of us have to come out of denial about our addictions, our worry, our anxiety, our financial stuff, right? Some some of us have some old wounds, hurts, habits, hang-ups, that's the language that we use. Some of us have some old wounds about something that was done to us, and we've, we've stuffed it down, and we've filed it away, and we've said it doesn't bother us anymore, but the, the truth is, it, it's a poison that's just poisoning the well. It's a toxin poisoning the well, and, and you need to deal with it. And you've kept silent about your issue, and you've stuffed it down, and it's, but it's robbing you of peace, and it's robbing you of joy, and it's robbing you of happiness. I, I love the Psalms for so many reasons. Be- just because of their sort of brutal honesty, where you see people writing psalms of prayer and praise and fear and they're like journal entries and, and they're like, sometimes like, God, where are you at? And, and, they're, and they're honest and I, I love going to them. And, and, and psalm, the psalmist says in Psalm 32, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all the day long because of all the, the turmoil that his inner man was inside of. And he says, for day and night, your hand was heavy on me My strength was sapped in the heat of summer. When when he kept silent, when David, who had some secret sins in his life, kept silent about those secrets in his life, there was this this drain, this gnawing in the pit of his stomach that wouldn't go away. He couldn't sleep at night, and he felt completely and utterly exhausted. I, I, I love this psalm. I think it's psalm, or proverb rather, proverb chapter 12. It says, anxiety weighs down the heart. But a kind word cheers it up. I've got anxiety. I've got fear. I've got shame weighing me down. But when I bring it to somebody who says, hey, man, listen. Because what happens is in in shame and in all of this, there's isolation there. I, I remember this saying that this Pastor Rick McKinley said that isolation is the garden of the devil. And This idea is that when I'm when I'm alone, when I'm stuffing everything down, and I'm not I'm not talking it out with somebody, that it becomes fertile soil for the enemy to sow seeds. It's just you, man. You're the only one who's ever done this. You're, it's just you. you. Nobody ever else would, would. Everybody would reject you if you ever said this. He sows those seeds in us, but somehow, and that, and that begins to weigh us down. But somehow, when when we bring it into the light, something changes. It's not just you, man. It's me too. It's me too. And this is why James says to confess your sins to one another so you can find healing. And the healing can literally be twofold. I've seen people who have carried this secret for so long that it began to affect their health. That when they brought it into the light, it just literally, people's blood pressure gets better. This has happened. Like people's, the stress and the anxiety has a way of just crushing us physically. And they get free from that, but then they also get free Emotionally. And the only way to see that happen is to bring our darkness into the light. And this is why it says, says in Job chapter 7, verse 11, therefore, he says, I will not keep silent. I will speak out in the anguish of my spirit. I'll talk about that. And we have all these things around here called life groups. And, and every group is different. Some groups are not designed uh, to deal with this type of thing. But every group is designed to help us make connections with other people where we find somebody to take our stuff with. It's healing, healing, James says. And then I love this last illustration here. This illustration is is Elijah, verse 17. Look at this. Elijah was a human being, even as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he he prayed. So in other words, he prayed. It didn't rain for uh, three and a half years, and then after that time, he prayed again, and then the heavens gave rain and the earth, produced its crop. This is like a like a hard segue that he makes here. The last line of verse 16 is the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective and then he slams into verse 17 with Elijah was a human being just like us. It it seems like he's making a case for Elijah being righteous and therefore his prayers were powerful and and you're not really at Elijah's level so forget about it. But here's why I like Elijah as the illustration that James reaches for. First of all, he's somebody everybody, every Hebrew person would have known. He says, James says, he's a man with a nature just like ours. That Elijah, for all of the profound ways that God used him, and if you have time go read his stories, it's ridiculous what God uses him to do. Certainly, for all the ways that God used him, he does not wear a superhero cape. He's a regular guy just like us he got it wrong sometimes just as i do in the midst of unbelievable miracles on the heels of unbelievable miracles he's questioning god in the middle of unbelievable blessings he's doubting god at one point he just wants to die and we're like that in a lot of ways he's up one day he's down the next day he's got faith to call down fire on mount carmel and the next day he's suicidal because a woman threatened him in other words james uses elijah to say He's just like us, and yet he prayed a prayer of faith one day that changed the weather pattern of a region for three and a half years. And I have to believe that James is using Elijah as a way of saying to all of us that the the power that Elijah exhibited in prayer is something that you and I should be seeking for as well. And the question I have for you, and maybe it's just for me, and probably it's just for me, is, What's stopping me from praying with the boldness of Elijah? What, what's getting in the way of me having that kind of faith and confidence in the same God that Elijah prayed to? What, what James is saying here through all of this is that in every situation, in every circumstance, go to God in prayer. Have the faith of Elijah, even though he's a regular guy. Have the faith of Elijah know God. It's the Lord who the Bible says is our righteousness. It's the Lord who accomplishes the great things. It's not about your worthiness or my worthiness or my goodness or your goodness. It's about the Lord who is our banner of victory over us. It's about the Lord who is our healing, who is our help, who is our peace, who is our joy. It's the lord who is our strength. It's the lord who is our victory and the thing was is all the way through elijah's story He's in process. There's a promise and there's a payoff But in the middle there is a process and sometimes it's the process. That's the point point. And sometimes it's in the process That we become afraid And sometimes it's in the process That we take our eyes off of jesus and we put them on other things And sometimes it's in the process where we get distracted. And sometimes it's in the process where we're in trouble or we're sick or we're suffering and we lose faith and we lose heart and we lose hope and we go everywhere but to Jesus. And James is saying, come on, man, keep getting back up and going back to prayer. Even when it doesn't feel like it's working, keep pressing in. Even when it feels like nobody is listening, keep going back in to prayer. Just like Elijah does, all the way through. You know, we're kind of like Elijah, James says. Even after the great victories, we can lose our way. But every time we do, we remember there's an invitation on the table to come and know God, to come to Him with anything that's on our hearts. If it's suffering, come to Him. If you're in trouble, come to him if you're afraid come to him if it's a celebration or sickness or sin we come to him there's a standing invitation for you and for me and for us to know God to have a relationship with the God of the universe Come on, somebody. Wow. So I would just like to challenge you, wherever you're at in this room, watching online, wherever you're at in your room, in your living room, like on the treadmill, like wherever you are, to stop. Stop. And go to God. I I want us to pray. And those of you who are in the room, if you don't mind just praying along with me, bow, bow your heads the truth is not every one of us has a relationship with God right now. Not everybody does. Some of us are hearing these words and some of us are pro- trying to process all of this right now and we're like, wait a minute, I don't, I don't even know God at all. I don't even have a relationship with Him at all. And the invitation I would say for you and for me is right now we can come to faith in Christ and we can know Him in the power of His resurrection in the fellowship of His suffering. We can, we can know Him and the Bible teaches us in Romans chapter 10 that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, and if we believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, that we can begin a relationship with Him. So I'm going to challenge you in the room today and every person who's watching us online, like let's do that right here, right now. Lord Jesus, we come to you. God, we don't know all the answers. We don't even know all the questions that we're supposed to ask. But one thing we can know from this passage of Scripture is that there is an invitation on the table to come and to know you, to bring the best and the worst to you. And so, Lord, today, some of us just need to start with us. We bring us to you. God, empty-handed, I don't have anything to offer you. I don't have anything that would be worthy of who you are. But you have become You've made me worthy by what you've done for me on the cross. And so, Lord Jesus, I want to invite you to become Lord and Savior of my life, God. I want to invite you by your Holy Spirit, God, to come and live inside of me, oh God. I want, to, I want you to take up your home inside of me. God, I want you to be my Lord and my, my life. And I want you to be the forgiver of my sins. I want you to be the healer of my broken places. Lord, I want to follow you. Today, I make a fresh start. Today, I commit my heart and my life to you. Lord, bring me home to you, I pray today in Jesus' name. And listen, if you did that today, if you prayed some kind of prayer like that, I believe that God has come and made his home in you today. And we celebrate that with you today. Amen. All across this place, all across our church family, we celebrate that with you today. And for the rest of you who are listening today, who are watching this today, man, I want to say that God is with you that God is for you, that He inhabits the praises of His people. So right there where you are, if you want to lift up your hands, if you want to sing this along with our band as they get ready to wrap this up, you can sing and you can just feel God's presence. God, enter wherever you are. Enter the room, the space where you are. Come on, let's do that right now in Jesus' name. Can you sing that with us? You've